Hello and welcome to A Week in Football, a weekly podcast that takes a look back over the action and events of the previous Premier League game week. We will take a look at the results, performances and certain players' individual performances and also bring you any major news or developments in the world of the Premier League. We will also have a look forward to the upcoming game week and point out our game to look forward to. I'm your host Matt Smith and I've been joined today by Ed Kogan. Hello and welcome back to A Week in Football. My name is Matt Smith and I've been joined as always by Mr Egg Kogan. Ed, how are you today? All good, mate. Yourself? All good. Didn't lose any teeth during the week, did you? No, 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 no. It was a good week so far. Happy day, sure. It's not over yet, sure. A few days to go, yeah. So we had loads of fixtures there on the Saturday just gone. So we're going to fly through them. We had one fixture on the Sunday and we had one game on the Monday as well. So let's kick off the results. We had a bit of an upset uh, early on. The mighty Crystal Palace are back, baby. 3-0 against Spurs. Um, geez, I don't think anybody saw this coming, really. But I suppose it was kind of... You don't really know what you're going to get with Palace at the moment. Um, they're just a bit of a... With the, with the new manager and the, the young players coming through and stuff like that, it's kind of... We are are we're looking at Palace from years before, where it's kind of just they're taking points off people. They're really boring to watch and stuff like that. They're actually quite exciting to watch lately. And the new uh, signing, Alton Edward, uh, who ended up getting mad of the match, and he's only on the pitch for a few minutes. But Tanganga got sent off uh, for Spurs, which obviously really threw the game. Um, it was it was a really poor game of football in the first half, and. Tanganga got sent off for, first of all, having a scrap with Wilfred Zaha. Both of them could have got sent off uh, in the 53rd minute. And then literally four minutes later, he dove into a challenge that he didn't need to and got a second yellow card. So that was when it was nil all. Wilfred Zaha got a penalty in the 76th minute and Alton Edward came off the bench and it was the quickest Premier League goal scored by a substitute, I think, or quickest Premier League goal scored uh, on a debut, I think it was, for Alton Edward. Uh, 84th minute, and then he grabbed uh, the winner in the 93rd minute, 3-0. So that was a bit of an upset. Knocked Spurs off their porch there as well um, after three wins for, for Spurs as well. So we'll move on quickly. Arsenal finally got off the bottom of the table uh, with a 1-0 win. Very unconvincing again from Arsenal. Uh, a few Arsenal fans saying there were signs there of, of better football and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's Norwich. It's not as if it's a big scalp or anything like that. They're probably just happy to get the three points and get over the line. So, uh, less said about that, the better. Again, there's not much we can say about Norwich. Play tidy football here and, here and there, but not, nothing really great. But um, next game was Brentford against Brighton. Um, we kind of didn't have much to say about this last week. We, we both kind of said it, it would probably be a born nil-all or a one-all draw. Um, it's, it's kind of... Brentford's bubble has kind of burst after the good start of the season they had. I can see... I can see these kind of results kind of happening every week for Brentford. Um, Brighton obviously won the game 1-0. Um, Brighton's goalkeeper got mad at the match. That kind of tells you a lot of uh, story of the tape as well. And it was a late, late winner from Leandro Trossard, literally last kick of the game. Um, so it's going to be one of those type of seasons for Brentford. I think if they can pick up points at home, they'll do well. But they're the kind of games they need to be winning, uh, to be fair. Next game was probably our game of the week, Leicester and Man City, but it was absolutely anything but a very dull affair um, from all parts. Um, Bernardo Silva got a goal in the 62nd minute. 
there wasn't really much to show home about. I mean, I watched the, the highlights of a match of the day and there, there wasn't even that many chances. Obviously, Leicester um, didn't score, but they had they had probably had the best chances. To be fair, um, Vardy got a goal disallowed as well and stuff like that. So it was one of those games. Man City obviously probably going to be delighted with the points. Leicester's going to be a tough place to go to this season. But a stop start... Um, a stop and start start to the season for Leicester in that one. Um, moving on, we had Manchester United 4, Newcastle 1. The return of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, geez, what a start he's had um, at Manchester United. Three goals he obviously scored there during the week in the Champions League defeat the young boys as well, which is a bit of an upset. But, Jesus, what a time it is to be a Manchester United fan, in fairness. They're absolutely flying at the moment in terms of the league. Cristiano Ronaldo's back banging in the goals. Uh, Jesse Lingard probably got the goal of the game as well. It was a great um, team move. Bernardo, Bernardo, or Bruno Fernandes scored a great goal as well. Um, I thought the defence was very poor on that one, the keeper. That keeper is so poor for Newcastle. I think he's the fourth-choice keeper. So, he's just he's in fairness, I'll, I'll go easy on him there. But, yeah, um, a great win for Manchester United. Newcastle looked very, really, really poor as well. Uh, moving on really quickly, Southampton nil, West Ham nil, and that's another poor result now for West Ham. Um, and what's going to be a real kick in the teeth for West Ham in the next game is that Mikel Antonio got sent off, and that was a kick in the teeth as well for fantasy football managers, including myself. Um, moving on, Watford nil, Wolves two. Finally, Wolves get off the bottom. Um, Decent game from, from Wolves. Wolves started playing a bit of decent football. Uh, Quang scored a goal on his debut for them as well. It was an own goal. The first goal was an own goal from Francisco Sirialta. But yeah, decent result for Wolves. Um, it's going to be one of those seasons again for Watford, I think, up and down, up and down. So they're going to need to try and get the points at home. And the final game on Saturday was... Chelsea at home to Villa. We kind of didn't really know what way what Villa would turn up here. Uh, we both predicted that Chelsea would have a comfortable win, and that's exactly what it was. I just want to highlight here um, Mario Kovacic. What a performance by him. I mean, they had a highlight on, on match of the day. He was absolutely fantastic. His goal was phenomenal, and he had an unbelievable assist for uh, one of Lukaku's goals as well. Lukaku got two on his return. To Stanford Bridge, and he rightly got man of the match. He's been banging in the goals for them as well. It's great to have these players back in the Premier League. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, bit of a, Van Dijk is back, yeah. Um, bit of an underwhelming uh, debut from Sal Niguez. He was taken off at half-time. He looked very sloppy, but he's going to take a few games to get into it. I thought it was a strange decision to start him from the start. I mean, he probably yeah. had one, one or two training sessions, sessions with, with his teammates. Um, I thought the Champions League game during the week would have been a better game to start them from the start. Um, um, but Zenit St. Petersburg, I think they were playing. But uh, yeah, it was a strange one. And I think um, throwing him in at the deep end like that at home, in front of his home crowd, I thought it was a bit of a strange one. I thought they would have brought him on with about half an hour to go when they were comfortably two or three nil up. But uh, yeah, strange one. But that rounds off um, the Saturday fixtures. Ed, did you think uh, any games stood out for you? Um, well, obviously, the, the Man United game was a good game to watch. Um, it was always going to be just with his his homecoming and the fact that he's in such incredible shape. Everyone knew he was going to start. So it was kind of, there was a bit more of an atmosphere than usual at Old Trafford. Um, to be fair, the place was hopping. Um, obviously, as soon as his, he got that first goal, 
roof, roof went off the place. I was thinking, oh, geez, they're going to thump them now. But I tell you what, man, <clears throat> the scoreline lies to you because that match could have easily been 3-all, 4-all. Newcastle yeah. had multiple chances that they could have scored from. Um, they were missing a couple of players. I think that they were without Callum Wilson still. Um, but players like Almiron, St. Maxim played brilliant. Um, only for poor finishing and, and lack of vision in the box from a couple of times. If they had a square, they would have literally had tap-ins, but just wasn't to be. But United, as you said, they took their chances. Um, Ronaldo got his two goals. So probably the most entertaining match of the weekend, to be honest. Um, like you said, the game of the week. Game of the week, flattered to deceive, but as well, actually, um, you you touched on obviously at the start because it was the first game, but Palace, like I agree with you, under Vieira, they're definitely playing better football, and if you think about it as well, they still have Eze to come back. It was a huge miss for them, mm. but the other guy they brought in from I think it was Redden or QPR, uh, Olise, yeah, he looked he looked decent as well, and he had his part to play in uh, Edward's second goal, so. And Conor Gallagher looks like some player, to be honest. Brilliant, brilliant. I can yeah. see him getting getting involved. But like Chelsea have such a future there with young English talent and and uh, Scottish. What's the young fella's name that went to Norwich on loan? Um, Gilmore. Billy Gilmore, Billy Gilmore, Conor Gallagher, and all that. I mean, if they're not going to keep him, they're going to make serious wedge on them by selling them on in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that's I. I'm actually I'm going to stop slagging Crystal Palace now. I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on this season. And I have another team that I absolutely despise. Uh, now going forward and um, it's none of the, the teams the, the, the diamonds are coincidence now yeah I know it's, it's a coincidence like but yeah. it's, it's a coincidence but I think I think you'll agree with me that there's a few uh, reasons why um, yeah, but we'll yeah. get to that but there was a game on there was also a game on only one game on the Sunday and it was probably um, a bit of an atmosphere in your house for this game Ed was there? no I was watching separate rooms <laughs> No, I, I've I had the granny flat on the side, so obviously I'm I'm I've been there watching it. My dad was in the house watching it, so yeah, uh, good match though. Um, obviously the game was kind of disrupted by the, the red card instant, the tackle on Harvey Elliott, and you've been trying to fish all week at me here, but uh, <laughs> to little success. Um, Liverpool, to be honest with you, um, last couple of games, there's been there has been an improvement with them, um. It might be having Van Dijk back. It could be that the, the unit is just slotting back into place because it was disrupted massively last year. But they have a bit of the tempo, aggression. The pressing looks like it's fresher. The players look fresher again. Um, and Leeds had a chance early on. Uh, Rodrigo had a chance to, to put Leeds 1-0 up. But that was one counter-attack, I think. And apart from that, Liverpool absolutely dominated. Um yeah, 3-0 victory. Convincing enough. Obviously, they were down with 10 men after that tackle. Uh, I, like I said to you in text, like it's harsh that the, the red card was given as well, but they didn't really show us many replays, you know, different angles as if, as if it was a normal penalty decision or whatever. So God knows what it looked like in slow-mo, which probably is why they gave the red card. But... Um, Apart from that, took the lead through Mo Salah. Um, went 2-0 up in the second half then um, through Fabinho. This was before the red card, so you could argue the game was probably going to be wrapped up anyway. But uh, 
Fabinho scored from a scrappy enough corner. Um, I think I heard a stat in the match that Leeds have conceded the most goals from set pieces since they've come back in the Premier League. It's obviously mm-hmm. an issue for them. And Mane finally got the tour goal with his 11th shot of the game. He actually had more shots um, on goal than Leeds did as a whole team in that game. So, kind of shows the dominance. But, yeah, I'm happy with that. I was a bit nervous of going to Ellen Road, especially with the fans back. But, if anything, they were they were tougher to play there last year. But, yeah, three points. Yeah, so, but... I wanted to ask you quickly about uh, Leeds. I'll, I'll agree with you everything that you said um, in relation to Liverpool. Fantastic. They look more solid. Um, they don't look as nervous at the back. Um, Trent Trent uh, had a great game as well. Uh, in fairness to him, but Salah, Salah's just a different uh, human, man. He's just brilliant. He's great to watch. and he's, he's He seems a bit less selfish this season as well, um, but he's still, he's still banging the goals, man. Sorry, I'm even leaving out with Miles home. That was 100 Premier League goal. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, so um, think about that. Like, what's that? Four seasons and then I think he had a season with Chelsea, but a lot of sub-appearances. He got two goals to Chelsea, 98 to Liverpool. But if you think of it, over four seasons, so he's he's basically averaging 25 goals a season. Like, how quick is that to get to 100 Premier League goals? It's incredible. Like, he's, 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 I don't know how many players are in the 100 club. I think there's only about 30-odd in the 100 Premier League 100 club. So, like, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to make his way into the top 10 sooner rather than later. I mean, if he stays at Liverpool for another two or three years, he's, he's definitely got to get into the top top five or ten, you know, so it's incredible really and he's he's banging in the goals for them. But I just want to have a quick chat about Leeds. Um in terms of obviously it's a second season and everyone talks about the second season syndrome. I think I do think they're gonna obviously uh, kick on a bit as well. But four games in they've conceded eleven goals in those games. Now I know they've played Man United, I know they've played Liverpool um and Everton obviously as well got two goals against them as well. But they are very, very weak at the back, and like they're not they're not scoring the same amount of goals that they did last year. Whereas they they'd concede two, but they'd score they'd score three or four. Are you a bit worried for Leeds in terms of um the second season syndrome, or do you think they're gonna get get their arse out, get the finger out of their arse and start getting a few points on the board? No, I I genuinely think they'll be all right. Uh, <clears throat> what I would say is they probably could have done with a few more signings this summer. Uh, they were quiet enough on the signings. They just they made Jack Harrison permanent. Um, they bought the lad Fairpo in from Barcelona, who is a good player, but it's going to take him a while to get used to the speed of the league. Same thing happened to, as you said, Saul for uh, Chelsea. So <clears throat> they bought them too. They've gotten Daniel James in from the wing. He'll suit them perfectly. Um, he's thrown in straight away. It's going to take a while for him to understand players' movements and stuff like that. What I really think they missed out on, though, was a number 10, a creative player. Um, I think they could have done with someone that can actually bring players into the game, like see a key ball, set Rafinha on his way. I don't think they use his pace enough. I don't think they get the ball into the box enough for Bamford. Um, last year, I think teams weren't really sure of like what way to play against them, uh, tactically and stuff like that. And I think it took a few teams by shock, and they did have a great season, but I do think they'd be okay. They've, I think they're suffering a few injuries as well at the back. Um, so, once they get their squad together, once they start finding their feet in front of the goal, I'd say they'd be grand. Yeah, and a quick word on um, 
we'll just have a quick word on Harvey Elliott. Obviously, we won't go too much into it because I think we're recording this podcast on a Thursday and I think a lot of people have been talking about it during the week as well, so we won't bore anybody with it. But obviously, uh, in terms of the player, it's a big blow for him. I mean, he's he's come back after a great season on loan with Blackburn. And I, I, was, I was actually quite surprised with the amount of game time he's actually getting at the start of the season. Uh, but he's been absolutely fantastic for Liverpool. And um, my opinion of him as a person as well has changed with his handling of the situation with the red card. He was obviously texting... Um, Scru- What's his name? Scrooge? I can't really pronounce his name. Strike. Strike. I am sorry about that. But um, he was texting him uh, offside and obviously through Instagram posts and stuff saying, keep your head up, don't worry about it. Um, I'm fine. It was an accident, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously when the red card was appealed and then it wasn't overturned, the red card stood... Um, he texts him saying, I don't agree. He basically said on an Instagram post underneath it saying, I don't agree with this. Um, but anyway, you'll be back playing sooner rather than later. So that's that's a, that's um, an old head on a young man's shoulders there. And my opinion has changed on him. But from a Liverpool point of view, Ed, how much of a blow is it for, not only for Liverpool, but for him, him himself? Yeah, for both. Like, I think you can see, I think a lot of people were shocked when he was in the starting lineup against Chelsea. Yeah. And i say... After about 20 minutes of that game, a lot of people probably moved forward from the chair a bit and thought, who, who on earth is this fella? Like, a lot of people that probably wouldn't support Liverpool probably don't know that much about him, probably never really seen him. And, like, in fairness, that was his permanent debut, so um, can't be blamed for that. But he, he's so good. And, like, at 18 years old, his movement, his touch, his vision, it's only a matter of time before he was going to be starting to chip in on the goals and, and the assist figures, but obviously massive blow from, I think Klopp has given him a decent amount of trust by starting him in the games that he was starting him in. And mm-hmm. um, when you have players like Thiago, Oxley chamberlain Keita on the bench, who are far more senior, who arguably cost the club more money and all that type of thing. So yeah, Klopp put massive trust in him and um, he was repaying it and it's just really unfortunate, but the fact he's so young, um, the, the medical facilities available to every professional footballer, along with the the rehab course and stuff, like he should be absolutely fine from it, and just hopefully he plays again this season. Anyway, but massive loss for Liverpool. I'd say he'd definitely be back. Probably, I'd say he'd definitely be back sooner rather than later. I think because of his age, um, it was only a dislocation. Um, obviously there might be a bit of ligament damage there. Um, I think there, obviously the injury last year to Luca Dean wasn't as bad, but Luca Dean came back within three or four weeks. Now, obviously, Harvey Elliott is, is a little bit worse than that. Um, but um, stranger things have happened, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him back before Christmas. But obviously, uh, don't rush him back. He's a serious uh, talent for the future. And if Liverpool obviously can hold on to him for the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to have some player on your hands. He's only 18 years of age. But we did have one more game on the Monday, and it was Everton at home to Burnley and... Burnley are now my new team to hate for this season. So for the next 34, <laughs> the next 34 games, they're going to get a lot of hate off me. Now, obviously, before this game, we all knew that Burnley, under Sean Dyche, majority of the team are English. They're tough. Uh, they fly into challenges. They get three or four yellow cards every time they play. A couple of red cards as well. Um, ben May, Tarkovsky at the centre-halves, just absolute brutes. But for the first like twenty minutes of this game, they were just targeting Richardson and they upended Richardson a few times. Um, some people would have said that the challenge uh, Tarkovsky on um, 
Richardson right in front of the Burnley fans was a great challenge. If he got the ball, yeah, I think I think his toe caught the ball. Um, so I don't know if you can say that he got the ball on that tackle, but he literally two feet off the ground, absolutely upended Richardson. His eyes were closed going into the tackle as well. There was a, a screenshot put up on Twitter there saying his eyes were completely closed going into the challenge. So anyway, listen, it's one of those. I mean, if, if Richardson had broken his leg in that challenge, I mean, literally what happened to Harvey Elliott. Like, it's it's one of those. It wasn't an accident. There was an intent there, in my opinion. But listen, we'll get on with the game. Uh, nil all at halftime. Burnley got to go through Ben Mee in the 53rd minute. Um Everything that just don't seem to really defend these these kind of situations at all, and it was a decent little header or a decent finish from Ben Me. But in fairness to Everton, Everton got back uh, into the game straight away. Um, you said to me last week uh, that Andros Townsend, you were kind of slagging, saying, "Oh, Andros Townsend, the Mary Gray spent spent very little money." But listen, Andros Townsend probably performance of the week for me. Uh, I know that might sound a little bit biased, but he was absolutely incredible in this game. In fairness to him, he got booked in the fifty third minute. Um, but he whipped the ball in for uh, Michael Keane to score in the 60th minute. And then, what a goal, Ed. Um, 65th minute, Andros Townsend. Like you said to me last Screaming. week, you said to me last week, he scores goals from distance and he will get he might get you a few of them. And I was like, actually, listen, he scored goals like that in the past. Little did we know three days later after recording the podcast that he would score probably one of the goals of the season. Absolutely. Oh, damn man. it. Damn ah, goal of the season. He was 30 yards out and he pinged that and it went straight into the top hand, top ends. What a goal. But listen, I'm, I'm delighted for him as well. Like um as a person and stuff like that. He's come through a lot of adversity adversity over the last few years. He he admitted that he had a gambling problem there recently and stuff like that. So I'm delighted for him as a person that he got the got the nil from Palace to Everton. Um, it's, it's turned out he's already repaid the wages that we're going to be paying him as well in fairness we got him as a free transfer so I'm delighted in that way um, another player that's that's really done well for us as well is the Mary Gray he scored the third and what turned out to be the winner but what a pass what an assist by Decore like he's been an absolute monster for us since uh, Rafa Benitez took over really um, but the pure pace from the Mary Gray and the finish as well like, but it was all about the pass for me to split the defence uh, Andros Townsend got mad in the match so I, I was kind of half nervous about this game but I did say that we should get a comfortable win and it turned out to be a comfortable win but it was a six minute spell where we got three goals but yeah uh, fuck Burnley for the rest of the season uh, don't like them anymore I have, yeah. I have to say though you were saying there um, by the way I, I did slag you about uh, Gray and Townsend costing 1.5 million but in fairness I also did say that they were good signings and they improved oh, you, did, you, did, you did yeah fair but, but uh, Brilliant. You get you said there that Townsend got on the match. Uh, I don't know whether that was yours or Sky, but I actually, I actually genuinely, I did watch the match. Right, mm. the core, the core was absolutely brilliant, yeah. and especially I think when he's actually equalised, Rafa was going to do a sub right before it, and then you scored while uh, the sub was warming up, right? Mm. And I, I forget who it was now, but it was more. It was more offensive and it was taken off. He took off Holgate, right? Because I had him in fancy football, so I was going mad at the time. But <laughs> he changed it then to like, four, like I think he's were playing five at the back uh, at the start, but he changed it then to like a four-three-three. And as yeah. soon as he done that, the Curry had like a free roll, and he was absolutely everywhere. He was brilliant. At one stage, he he made a tackle over the right side of the pitch, and then as the ball switched over, 
and like a pass later just back into the middle it was him snapping it up again and I'm telling you now if you get players around him you could build a team properly around him because uh, I, I actually didn't know he was that much of an engine and a beast no, he's brilliant. Like, sir, like there a few weeks ago, he, he did an interview with Everton TV and stuff like that, and he said, uh, um, Rafa wants us to, uh, us midfielders to go forward more and stuff like that. So, like, remember I was saying to you last year, the only players who were going to score goals were Charleston and Dominic Avalon, and we had nothing going forward. The looks of Andre Gomez is well able to chip in with goals and assist if he wants it. Um, obviously, we have Townsend in the great area now as well, but Alan, Alan's even been bombing forward, getting shots on target and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, Decore. Um, in his time at Everton all last season under Carlos Ancelotti he had three assists he already has three assists and the goal under Rafa Benitez in his, in his first four league games so he's been fantastic for us and listen it's only positives for Everton at the moment like we've had, Everton and Liverpool have had good starts this season now we know Everton haven't played anybody major yet um, and we're going to be coming up to the upcoming fixtures but like listen these are the games that Everton have struggled in before and we're getting the points on the board early so listen, only twenty more points to towards safety. So that's that's the way we have to look at it. So listen, we're gonna go kick straight on to the upcoming fixtures. Ed, we actually have a game tomorrow evening, um, Friday night. It's between Newcastle and Leeds. This could be an entertaining game. Uh, Newcastle at home, um, and Leeds traveling there as well. Leeds really need to win this game. Both teams need to win this game. To be fair. I don't really know how to call it. The fact that it's on a Friday night under the lights and stuff like that, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, um, and I think both sides are, have the same issue at the moment. They're actually both playing well, but they're not scoring goals. So, mm. hope, hopefully one of them or both of them breaks that goal duck kind of tonight. Like, I know Newcastle scored against United, but what I mean is they missed, like, they missed three guilt-edge chances like it could have been four four if they were more clinical. So, and you could argue Leeds could have been one nil up, and it could have been a different game against Liverpool as well uh, if they were more clinical. So, hopefully, there's lots of goals Friday night, St James's Park, right in the middle of Newcastle City. Yeah, like I'd imagine, I'm gonna say two all. Yeah, but look, it's it's one of those games where where I think both teams. You might say settle for the draw and stuff like that, but I think they're going to need the three points. The like Leeds only have two points, and if they lose the game, two points out of five games, that's not a great start at all. And if Newcastle lose this game as well, like one point, they probably might be rock bottom after five games. Like Steve Bruce be under serious pressure there. But I think that's what I'm hoping it's an entertaining game, and I'm hoping both teams go out and try and get the win because that's what we want on a Friday night football as well. We're going to move on uh, to Saturday's fixtures. We have six games. First game could be interesting, but um, hopefully Wolves has turned the corner a bit there at home to Brentford. It's going to be an interesting little game, uh, half 12 kickoff. I, I, they always say avoid the early kickoff for your Aka, and I think it would be very wise to steer clear of this game. You don't know what Wolves are going to do, and you don't know what Brentford are going to do. Like I still don't know much about Brentford, even though they're, they're four or five games into the Premier League season. I haven't seen a lot of them, only for what kind of we've seen um, and highlights and match of the day and stuff like that. So, Wolves seem to have turned the corner a little bit. They got a good win last week away to Offord. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We'll move on there quickly. Uh, Burnley, the bleeding Burnley, a home to Arsenal, three o'clock kickoff. Listen, these are the games that Arsenal are going to have to win now. They finally got their first three points this season against Norwich last week. Very unconvincing uh, in terms of scoreline and stuff like that. Uh, they've only scored one goal in the league as well. So, listen, Burnley at home, difficult place to go. 
to get three points, especially if you're under a bit of pressure. And I think the following week, Arsenal are playing Spurs. So Arsenal really need to get uh, three points in this game. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, uh, I think this will be the I think this will be the game game of the week where sorry, the upset of the week, beg your pardon. Uh, <laughs> no, I I I think like you've seen it there because Everton just played Burnley. Um, I obviously seen it because Liverpool played Burnley as well. That Arsenal team will not be able to cope with the tactics that Burnley have of getting yeah. in your face and and the physical battle. They won't. They won't be able for it. Um, I have a, I have a really strong feeling that Burnley will nick that. Um, yeah, I'm, I agree, Jackie. Yeah. And you're dead right. Arsenal's next fixture after that is the North London derby and. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd say if, if he does lose to Borny and he loses to Spurs, I think he could be gone. I think I think obviously if he if he loses if he loses badly in this game, he could be could be he could be gone. Um but if he loses this game and obviously then loses to Spurs, I think they won't have they'll be left with no choice. They can't that's, that's what I mean. I don't think he should go, but they, with the fans that Arsenal have and, and the amount of pressure they do put towards the board and that and the the fact that their voice is so loud in terms of like the fan TV and stuff like that, but they, they can't. They, they can't won't complain. Be able. They won't be able to complain. Like because if you think about it, right, if they lose to Burnley on the weekend and they lose to Spurs, right, so that'd yeah. be what? What's that? Four games, five games. That'd be set, six games in, right? Three points on the board and a one nil. It'll be a one nil win against Norwich. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's any manager will get the sack with that kind of record. Any manager. Yeah. So like, listen, he's under severe pressure. Remember what? Remember the and we were doing the Premier League predictions. Um, Arsenal started the season and stuff like that, and we said Arteta could could be under serious pressure. Yeah, like this could happen over the next couple of weeks. But listen, we'll see how that goes. Um, I I actually might go with you as well. I don't see Arsenal winning the game, but it, it could be a draw. Do you know what I mean? I just don't see Arsenal winning the game. But uh, listen, mate, we'll move on to the next game. I'll let you take this one. Liverpool um at home to the new exciting, vibrant Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um. Uh. Don't know what way to call it to be honest. Like, well, like to be honest, I expect Liverpool to win. But what I mean is I don't know, I don't think it's gonna be a comfortable one, especially with the way Palace have been playing lately. Now, the only thing I could say is that if they do try to play an out from the back and they do try that tactic against Liverpool at Anfield, they could be asking for trouble. Um obviously Liverpool changed the team up there for last night's Champions League game. Um Still got through it with a 3-2 win. Uh, a lot of players did kind of not start or come off early and stuff like that. So the squad should be well rested. So tiredness wouldn't be an excuse. But Palace, on the other hand, they're just off the back of hammering Spurs 3-0. Um, the five points out of the four games, it's not too bad. But obviously, Liverpool will be looking to get three points here, especially to keep the pressure on the top there. Um, obviously... <laughs> United, Chelsea, Liverpool and Everton all on 10 points. And then you've um, Spurs, City and Brighton breathing down the next. But yeah, I, I can't see anything but a Liverpool win. But over the last 10 years, I think Palace have the most wins at, at Anfield for an away team. So wouldn't shock me if it was them. Yeah, it's a, it has potential to be a game of the week, to be fair. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a big game on, uh, on the Sunday that we're going to talk about now in a minute. But it uh, has the potential there to be game of the week, no doubt. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Man City at home, Southampton. Uh, Southampton are just boring uh, this season. Like they've, they've lost, obviously, their goals and Danny Ings and stuff like that. I don't know. 
like Man City haven't necessarily lit the Premier League up either yet. They're, they're comfortable enough. They're getting wins here, there, uh, scoring the odd goal and stuff like that. But ugh, I can just see Man City probably steamrolling them in this game. It's going to be comfortable enough. Like if 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 Man City win this game two 0 it'll be very very comfortable. I don't see Southampton causing an upset there. So yeah, Man City to win that game fairly comfortable in my opinion. Next Man game. City. Man City have something like 16 goals at home already this season. They're going to... I reckon they're going to thump Southampton. Yeah, one of the... Yeah, the 16 goals at home, but I think one of them was when they beat a team five. Was it five nearly won? Early yeah. on, was it where some team got red card or something like that as well, so... They won, yeah, they won five nil at home twice in a row. It was Arsenal and... Uh, Arsenal, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> and Norwich. Yeah, exactly. Got sent off in the Norwich, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to thump them. So, just disregard everything that I said, yeah. Man City 6 0. Uh, we'll move on to um, probably uh, could be an interesting game. Uh, this be the type of game that Norwich are going to look to win. Norwich at home to Watford. Watford, after getting a few points in the board earlier on at the start of the season, they're going to want to try and get more points in the board as well. They're going to see this as an opportunity as well. Don't know, way, don't know what way to call this one, Ed. Um, I don't know if you want to call it either, but I'm going to go with a draw in this game. What do you think? No, I'm going to go for a Norwich win. Um, the, Norwich had the toughest start of of any of the teams to the Premier League this year mm. um, on paper. And the Arsenal game the other day, they lost one nil. Arsenal finally got their win. Um, what yeah, like sounds great on paper, but the goal was. <sighs> I don't. I don't know if the goal should have been given. To be honest with you, it was there was a bit of con- controversy behind it. Um, Saka handballed the ball in the build-up to the play and there was a potential offside as well. So, take that decision aside. Norwich just got a draw after playing Arsenal, Liverpool, City in their opening games. Um, Watford only scored on the first day of the season when they got that shock win. What was it? 3-1 that they won, I think, in the end? Beefville 3-2, yeah. 3-2, sorry, yeah. Um, they haven't scored in, in the following three games. And I think even just watching Norwich, they play very good football. Um, and if the new players start in this game and, and it kind of gives them their their Premier League debut and they get a bit of a bit of momentum behind them at home against Watford, I think they could. I think they could get a win and then hopefully build from it from their point of view. Yeah. So so yeah, you're going for a Norwich win. I'm just going to go for a draw. Uh, to be fair, I just think. Um... It's going to be one of those where both teams are going to be afraid to lose. So I think uh, I'll call a draw on that one. Next game up, uh, 5.30 kickoff. Um, I'm actually going on the Stags this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow. And this is going to be the game that we're all going to be sitting down to watch. So I'm absolutely delighted about it. What a shit Stags. Aston Villa against <laughs> Everton. Aston Villa against Everton. So uh, listen, we all kind of thought that Aston Villa were going to be our team to watch this season. It hasn't really happened that way. Obviously, a lot of new players come in to replace Jack Grealish. They're going to be kind of take a couple of games to jail. Um, I, if I, if you ask me now, would I take a point before the game? I probably would. Um, Villa is going to be a tough place to go to this season, uh, especially when the, when the players actually finally gel together. But Everton are on the crest of a wave at the moment as well. Their away form tends to be better than their home form. But I probably would take a draw um, before this game. What do you reckon, Ed? I actually think Everton will win. Yeah. Um, Villa are still without Wendy and Martinez because they play for Argentina that time. Mm. And Everton are, are on a run of form. Like they're, the table doesn't lie based on form. Um, 
Villa are twelfth. They've four points out of four games, and Everton are on ten points. So Benitez, I like I told you during the summer, Benitez would be a great fit for Everton. And one thing he would do is shore up the defence, and I think he has done that definitely. And with the introductions of Townsend and Gray, they're actually there's a lot more pace going forward. And it only adds to the potential threat that Cavalier and Charleston might have had already when you have two other people running off the back of them with, with actual genuine pace. So I think Everton are just, they're on more form. I, I think their tactics are working to a T at the moment. The players are doing absolutely everything Benitez is saying. I think Villa's players are still trying to settle, like you said. Their whole game plan for the last two years in the Premier League was basically work the ball to Grealish, we'll figure it out from then. They do still have very good players, but they're just, at the moment, it looks like they're still struggling to find their rhythm and find a style that they can all gel together with. So, I think Everton, I think Everton probably make that 3-1, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, Everton without Dominic Avalon for the next two to three weeks as well. Uh, with a broken, oh, 4 one so. With a broken toe, yeah. So uh, that's the only that's the only issue. But we do have big Salomon Rondon there to do the business for us off the bench if needed. So I think I think the way they're going to do it now is just keep what they did there the other night with Burnley and just have Townsend and Gray on the wing, have a Charleston through the middle as well. So I think that's that kind of worked well for us there. The other and night also, as well. have you been watching Mings lately? It's almost every single game I watch. Tyrone Mings playing, he makes an error leading to a goal. He's shocking. It's like he's a headless chicken. I don't know what's yeah. going on. He's just running around the running around the, like the middle of the pitch. Even I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, it's shocking. But like, listen, the, uh, Everton are in good form. They're on a good run of form. So for that, Rafa Benitez said in his interview to, uh, in his press conference today that we're going to take it game by game. We're not going to win every game. We just have to keep it, keep the form going and stuff like that. So uh, listen, if we can manage to get three points here next week, then obviously it's a cup game against QPR uh, during the week. Uh, then we're at home to Norwich. So, listen, we could, we could end up racking up 16 points after like our first six, seven games. That's a great, great start to the season. And then obviously we go into a little bit of a tough patch against the likes of United and stuff like that. But it's all about getting the points on the board before you go into those games against United and stuff like that. So, I'm very impressed with Everton's start to the season. And, um, yeah, it can only get better. Um, hopefully... They send me off into a drunk, drunk abyss on Saturday night at the Stags, um, with a with a nice cheeky three one win, like you said. So we're gonna move on to three games coming up Ed, on Sunday. Three decent games, uh, to be fair. Super Sunday, uh, Brighton at home to Leicester. Brighton have had a great start to the season. Leicester kind of stop and start. Just as we're recording now, Leicester have just gone two 0 up against Napoli in the Europa League. So they're doing well in the Europa League. Good start from them. Yeah, I guess what? Well, Barnes with a goal and assist. He's got me four points in the last three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> fair play to him. Listen, yeah, I uh, Jose Perez uh, obviously got a red card there in the last league game for Leicester. He's out. Uh, Mendy obviously still injured. Justin's still out for them. Wesley Fafana is out. So Leicester do have a few injuries there. Brighton, like, decent start to the season. As you said already, like, they're already on nine points. So three wins and a loss. Uh, that loss coming against Everton. So they've they've got a great start of the season. This is a game that Leicester are going to have to win um, if they want to try and keep pace with the guys ahead of them. Obviously, the likes of Liverpool and Everton are going to want to try and kick on as well. So, yeah, it's a game that Leicester must win, but Brighton at home, anything can happen. So I'm not going to call that game. Uh, well, let's, back, let's back call it. 
factor in the fact that Leicester are playing now against Napoli, who are a tough team, so they'll probably be knackered after it. Now, I Vardy's not playing, from what I can see, and neither is Madison, so he's rested a couple, but they also have Vestergaard back. He's playing, but I don't know whether he's going to play 180 minutes in the space of four days after being ill for a while. But uh, you have to factor that in and the fact that Brighton have had the whole week off, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to say, like like you say, that the whole Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday thing, but it is the first time that it's happened uh, for less. It's the first game, so hopefully they aren't too fatigued uh, coming off that international break. Their players like probably only playing three games in the week and stuff like that, but uh, like you say, Leicester, a bit of a stop start to the season and stuff like that, so they're going to want to keep tabs with the teams ahead of them, but um, it all depends on what team what, what team Brighton turn up, so We'll move on to the the next game, which is actually West Ham against Manchester United. This has the potential to be a good game as well, possible uh, game of the week. Um, Man United coming off uh, a poor performance during the week against Young Boys when they went one up and then they lost two one. Man, uh, Wan-Bissaka got sent off. Um, West Ham are going to be without Antonio, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do as well. I don't know how to call this one as again. I just think it's going to be an entertaining game. West Ham at home. Cristiano Ronaldo for United as well. You'd expect probably Manchester United to win this game. What do you think, Ed? Um, yeah, probably. Um, although, uh, West Ham are, what, two points behind United and Liverpool in the top of the league. So, it's a decent enough start for them as well. Um, I know they don't have Antonio. They're also, they played tonight in Croatia and they won 2-0. In the Europa League, so there'll be an element there. They'll have to travel back and stuff like that. But on the other hand, they'll probably all be buzzing, considering the fact that they've just won two 0 in their first European game and God knows how long at West Ham. So, um, it'd be a tough one to call. Like, listen, on paper, United have a very, very good team, but just in practice, and you've seen it during midweek with Solskjaer, tactically, he hasn't a clue what he's doing. And I can I can imagine that potentially he's going to make a couple of changes and they might come back to bite him as well again against West Ham. I think the mood in West Ham, the home fans are going to be bouncing um, with the start of the season they had and just off the back of that European win, as I said, you know, they're coming back basically off of the fee. Um, it will be a great game. I think, I do think United might just nick it. And I think the only reason is because I don't know who's going to replace Antonio, and I think that's the key part. If Antonio would have played, I actually would have probably said West Ham would nick it. Yeah, uh, Sancho not uh, having a great start this season either for Manchester United, so it'll be interesting to see if they start him. I think they might start Sancho just to kind of give him a run of games, get him into the team and stuff like that. We'll be interested to see what he does when Rashford comes back now in a few well, weeks' time. It made no sense because I know this podcast with Premier League, but in the Champions League tonight, it was Sancho who he took off the sacrifice when Mambasaka was sent off, but that made no sense. If anything, he needed the most minutes. He should have t- he should have taken someone like Bruno off, left Ronaldo on as well for ninety minutes because when he took Ronaldo off, young boys basically said, "Oh, grand, we don't have to shit ourselves now. We can we can move up higher." And it was basically just constant pressure for the rest of the match. That's the that's the type of like tactical nous that he just he doesn't have it like. He doesn't. He doesn't know what what to do. He doesn't know. He doesn't make the right decisions in key moments. Like Sancho, Sancho, if anything, looks a bit stocky or a little bit overweight. He could be doing the most minutes 
out of anybody. And he's like you said, he's been in and out in the Premier League so far, and he hasn't hit the ground running. So if anything, he could have done with more minutes and potentially getting his first goal. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't mean, know. It was great assist by Lingard, wasn't it, for young boys winner the super? So that was a that was a, like tactically taking Ronaldo off, bringing Lingard on, and Lingard plays a lovely true ball for the young boys uh, striker to tap it in. So, yeah, it was very, it was a bad four or five minutes for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to try to prove that he's a good tactician. So, listen, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. Like I say, Super Sunday, Brighton against Leicester, West Ham against Manchester United, and then a 4.30 kickoff is going to be between Tottenham and Chelsea. I'm just going to go out here and say that Tottenham won their first three games 1-0. They weren't necessarily fantastic. Yes, they did get a 1-0 win against Manchester City. Um, that first game of the season, maybe Man City were a bit rusty. I think Chelsea are going to batter this. I don't. I like. I think Chelsea are going to like go for blood in this game. They didn't really overexert themselves uh, during the week against Zenit in the Champions League, and I think Lukaku was going to run amok against the the Spurs centre halves. Um, I can see Chelsea winning this game very, very comfortably, two or three now. What do you think? You know what the thing is with with Spurs, Matt. Uh, like. I'd be one of them that doesn't really sing Harry Kane's praises. I, I'd be probably one of the people that think like he's massively overrated, mainly because he's English and he scores goals. And he's a poster boy for the country and that. But you noticed that they managed to beat City on the first day of the season 1-0. But they had Son in the team at that time. And I've been saying for ages, Son is the key player at Spurs, not Kane. And if anything, they should have took the money I know Kane's still going to score goals, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, but they should have sold him and got in one or two more players that can that can pose threat. And like maybe them two players together might get 20 goals combined. And I know that's the same thing as having Harry Kane, but it's just it's two different threats. Yeah. And without Son, like they didn't have Son at Crystal Palace, and I think they were missing they were missing Lacelso and Romero, but I think there was another one uh, that was missing out. I can't remember who it was. There was someone else that was missing out as well through injury. But, like, it shows. It shows big time when Son's on the pitch for Spurs. And to be honest with you, I have to agree with you. I don't think they're going to have the two Argentine fellas back. Um, I don't know if Son will be back from injury. No. If Son's back from injury, I think Tottenham will have a chance of actually causing an upset. But if Son's not there, I do think Chelsea will probably trash them. Yeah, it says it says questionable here. Just looking at the the flash card, it says uh, questionable players: Eric Dyer, uh, Lacelso, Romero, Sanchez uh, due to quarantine as well. Uh, Davison Sanchez, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, and Son are all questionable for Spurs. Newcastle, yeah. um, or Newcastle, sorry, Chelsea have two players that definitely won't play, which is Kante and Pulisic, and Tanganga is also missing. So Spurs like. Romero and Eric Dyer, if they, they're not playing and Tanganga, they're going to be very, very weak at the back. And Lukaku, yeah. Lukaku's going to lap that up. So, yeah, I can just see Chelsea win this game handy. So, that's it, Ed. That's uh, the Premier League uh, upcoming fixtures in a nutshell. So, yeah, probably the game of the week to look forward to. Obviously, two big names, obviously, Tottenham and Chelsea. Decent games, though. Like I, I think Liverpool and Palace are going to be a cracker on the Saturday. Um, Everton and Aston Villa could be a good game at half five as well. Um, like, West Ham United. Yeah, the three games on Sunday are going to be good. Uh, Brighton, yeah. Leicester, West Ham United and Spurs and, and Chelsea. So, yeah, that's it, Ed. Anything to say before we, we wrap it up? 
No, no, that's it. Just Viva Ronaldo. Uh, and enjoy your stags. Well, it's not my stags. <laughs> well, don't yeah, no, stags, but I'm going you're going on, on the stags, stag, so enjoy yeah, your stags. I'm going to enjoy a couple of days off with the lads down in Cork, so looking forward to it. First time I've been away uh, in a while without Claire or Bobby. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting away for a couple of days. Uh, obviously, I'm going to miss them, but... Uh, they don't. No. I, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to this. No, nah, Bobby listens to this every night before he goes to bed. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah, uh, but something to bore him to sleep. <laughs> something to put him to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, we'll wrap it up there. And listen, thanks again for everybody who's been listening over the last few weeks. Uh, like we said, Premier League is back. It's on a roll. Uh, We've a few games coming up. Obviously, Champions League on during the week as well. So, yeah, uh, that's it. Ivan Matsumi. He's been Egg Kelgan, and that was another week in football.